0: lifestyles a show designed to help everyday australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies on the show you'll hear from everyday people changing their lives doing property development you'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they faced along the way we'll also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialized techniques you can use to accelerate your property journey I'm your host Amanda McKeown and I'm a founder of Rising Star Developer and I'm really passionate about helping everyday Australians build lifestyles using property development. Hello there. Welcome to Building Lifestyles. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different to the ones I've done previously because I'm not going to be interviewing anyone today. I'm actually going to be sharing with you how I started in this whole property game because it's a question that I get asked a lot all the time. And the reason I want to share that with you is because a lot of people think they can't get into property or can't do property development. And by sharing my story, I hope that connects with you and opens your mind to the possibility that this whole property journey is within your reach. So that's what I'm aiming to cover today. So I'm going to rewind back to 2010 because that's where my whole property journey began. And it actually began in the maternity ward after the arrival of, my third child. So let me set the scene. Um, I'm two days in. I've had two nights of s- severe sleep deprivation. I'm sitting on the bed with nursing my uh, the third child. I've got a 15 month old and a two and a half year old bouncing on the bed behind me. And I've got my dear husband sitting across from me and, and he looks at me and he goes, Amanda, you know what? I reckon we should invest in property. And I didn't have to say a thing. Clearly, the look on my face must have completely shut the conversation down because it wasn't mentioned again after that. But what happened that very, very day, and I remember it like it was yesterday, it planted the seed, and it took a little while for that seed to pop through the surface and grow. But what happened, about six months later, I had to go back to work, and I was uh, driving to childcare because I had to drop all of my three girls off to childcare. To race to a job that really didn't inspire me. And I think uh, for those of you who are parents out there, one thing about if you don't love what you do, when you have children, that whole feeling about your work is magnified because you're sacrificing a lot by putting your children to care, childcare and then having to leave them and, and you're missing out on so many special moments. And for me, that was, you know, that was really, um, that really, really did affect me. And I remember one day coming home from work and I'd rushed them to work before I so I'd rushed them to childcare before eight o'clock, rushed into work, worked as hard as I could during the day because um Al and I we had to work because we had a big fat mortgage, we had living costs. We didn't have the luxury to not have one of us work because we had a big mortgage taking a bite out of our income every single week. And we needed two incomes to be able to cover that mortgage. And then we also, you know, just living costs and bills and all that sort of stuff. We didn't, you know, we couldn't afford to not have both of us working. And so I remember coming home, I picked up my girls one day and I'd, I went there and the youngest one had, I think she'd, I can't remember exactly what it was it. I think she'd learnt to roll or had said a first word or something that was a major milestone. And I remember being absolutely heartbroken because I'd been at work. Um, I'd missed out on, on yet another special milestone with my children's life. Um, I was actually, I realized that I was actually missing the best parts of their day because by the time I scooped them up at five o'clock in the afternoon, they were exhausted and ratty and I was exhausted as well and I'm trying to shove food into them and feed them and bath them and get them to bed quickly uh, before seven o'clock. So I really only had a couple of hours with them at the end of the day. And I remember one night just bursting into tears and just thinking, you know what, this wasn't what my vision of having children was all about. This wasn't my vision of family life, of how I wanted to live life. And it really was a turning point that very, very day because I thought, you know what, Something is going to change. I can't keep going on the way things are going. And then I just remember, and then that seed that Al planted popped through the surface, and I thought, you know what? Why don't we explore property? (laughs) And then I remember having this conversation to Al, and he had this little grin on his face. And I was then, as soon as that seed had popped through the surface, I was like a mad woman. I thought, okay, yeah, we're going to invest in property. This is going to be the solution to all of our problems and our money worries and me not working and all this sort of stuff. And I was frantically researching everything about property because I didn't know anything about property. I, all we'd done is bought our own home, never had thought about any sort of investment strategies around property. So we were starting from ground zero. And so I was reading books, attending seminars, just trying to consume as much as I possibly could about property. I invested in a program, learned about buying investment properties, how to choose investment properties and And so, within a year of making that decision, or within six months actually, um, I'd invested in a program, I was learning about property development, we bought our first investment property, and it was around the corner, not very far from where we lived, um, in our state, and we were investors, and we were, you know, this is going to help me get out of my job, and we're going to make all this money, and we were were investors, we're property investors. And So then we thought, okay, yeah, we got the loan. Uh, It was about a half-million dollar loan. Uh, The property at the time was fairly neutrally geared. We had a good rent because we had a like an executive lease with this property. And we thought, okay, yeah, we've got to buy another property because we've been taught the strategy, buy 10 homes in 10 years, sell down half and live off the income. And uh, never have to work again. So that was the philosophy that we taught. And so then we bought another investment property and another investment property. This time, we'd learned a bit more and we invested interstate. So we got to the third property. We bought three properties within 18 months. And this is about 2013 now. And then we found another property, went to the bank, and the bank said no. We'd hit a glass ceiling. And I remember because we were still working, I was still running, dropping my kids off to childcare, working – Learning about property, doing property on the side and still frantic. And I remember being heartbroken, thinking, hang on a second, what? What, what do you mean we can't, we can't uh, borrow any money? What about our 10 properties in 10 years and paying them half down? It just, I thought, hang on a second, that's, that's, that's our vision. How can we not lend any money or borrow any money? And the reason was, because we had debt, like 80%, 90% debt on all the three properties. We'd used us, our, we have used up our available equity. And our serviceability was consumed because we had two properties that were negatively geared. And I thought, hang on a second, what do you mean? Like we've, we've got three investment properties. Uh, aren't we property investors? Aren't we, uh, you know, supposed to be getting all this wealth and money? And and we quickly really realized we hit the glass ceiling and couldn't borrow any money, which meant we ended up having to work harder because we, if we wanted to get another investment property, we needed to get more money to be able to service the debt. And I thought, hang on a second. This is actually, this strategy is actually tying me to my job. It's not helping me. And and I can, I, I got the whole concept of property investment, but I was thinking this is a retirement strategy. It is not a lifestyle strategy because we're working our butts off just to cover our own mortgage. And now we're working our butts off to cover three investment properties and dealing with tenant challenges and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, hang on a second, this is not working. And so I started to look for other solutions and then I, explored renovations so I invested in myself learned how to do renovations because I didn't have the time or the money to go out there and try and work it out myself and yes I could have gone to youtube and and worked it all out and read all these books but it's not until you actually go and do deals or learn from someone who's done what you want to do that you actually get to leverage their mistakes and their learnings to be able to fast track yourself so that's what I did I started started learning about different property strategies and I looked in to um, to renovations and I started Buying units um, and they were a smaller value, so I was able to get the debt for that. Uh, but I was going in there, flipping them and uh, selling them straight away. So, so I'd go in there, renovate them within four weeks, flip them and bank profit. So that was fun. Like I was banking 30, 40, 60K, um, 100K per project. But renovations are fun, right? But they're a lot of work. So what it meant that I was still working. We still had to fund our investment properties and our big fat mortgage. And now I was not only doing my job and running a young fat or supporting a young family, but I was doing renovations on the side. So I'd drop the kids to childcare, race to the site, open up, manage the trades, you know, between my lunch break, race to Bunnings, race to wherever I needed to get materials for, drop it off, race back to work. I was even more exhausted. And, yes, it was good being able to bank 30, 40K here within sort of a three or four-month period, but that wasn't going to be – the numbers weren't big enough to be able to say goodbye to my job, and they weren't consistent enough for me to be able to get rid of – you know, cut the the purse strings of my secure income coming in. I thought, oh, God, here I was, exhausted again, still had my mortgage, still had all these investment property debts, still missing out on these special moments with my kids. There had to be a solution. And so then I I was trying to find reno deals at the time and I was struggling to find deals on market. So I explored um, strategies of how to find off-market deals. So I invested in myself, learned some strategies and started implementing them. And through that journey, I then got exposed to property development. And I remember at the time thinking, hang on a second, property development, you have to have a truckload of money to do property development and you have to be a property magnate uh to be able to even do this, I'm not clever enough for this, I don't have enough money, I'm not smart enough, you know, all that self-doubt started coming in. And at the time I was looking at this big end, big end of town, like big projects and apartment blocks and big, big land subdivisions, and and I thought there's no way I can do that. But then what I thought, I, I started thinking more about it and exploring different options. And then I thought, hang on a second, why do I need to go big? Why don't I start looking at smaller type deals and I I then started modeling up smaller deals, one into two, three, four, five, sixes. And I built out a feasibility, which I got taught how to do. And then I fine-tuned it and I fine-tuned this model and then and then the numbers started working. I thought, hang on a second. I was looking at a deal and instead of like 30, 40, 50k, that was six-figure deals, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, six hundred $100,000. I thought, hang on a second, these are really, really lucrative. And the amount of equity that I was having to put in and the debt and the, the modelling that I was doing, I thought, hang on a second, there's, there's got to be something here. Um, and then I was, you know, started networking with other people doing small-scale development and I thought uh, I could see what they were doing and the impact it was having on their lives. And I thought, wow, I actually felt like I'd finally found the strategy that I'd been searching for for so many years and um, that was back in 2014 I think it was yeah 2014 and that led me to find my first development deal at the time I was still looking for renovation deals and I was using an off-market strategy so I was putting out letter drops and I had someone respond to one of my letters and I went and met with them and understood what their needs were and and they were um they had a business that wasn't doing very well and they just needed to get out of it. They needed $20,000 to be able to close the doors and just get out of it. It was causing them way too much stress. And so based on what I'd learned and the research that I'd done, I thought I knew this site, that their property, was potentially a five site. Uh, it was about 1,100 square metres of land. Um, and so I had a conversation and, and at first they were looking at selling the whole house and then we started exploring and then they said, oh, look, you know, I'd like to stay, but we've got this massive big block and we don't want it. It's got a pool in the backyard that was green. Um, and they said, okay, what about buying the backyard? So then I started exploring that as an option. So I modelled up putting just one house on the back of their block with them, keeping their house, subdividing it, potentially putting two on the back of their block. Um, and I modelled up all these different scenarios and, and discussed with them, okay, well, if I go down the one path, I could give you, X amount of money, $150,000. If I go down there, if I can get 200, I can give you $180,000. If I can get the whole site, it's $550,000. So we sort of really went back and forth and worked out what each other's needs were. And, and it wasn't about me trying to get a cheap price. It was about trying to create a deal where the numbers just made sense. And it, it, it made commercial sense for me to take the risk on doing a project. And so I was really open and transparent with with um this couple about that it's like you know the numbers that i'm talking here it's not about trying to you know get a bargain price here i want to try and get to a win-win situation where you're happy with the numbers but it also makes commercial sense for me to go ahead and do this this deal and so anyway um we went down the path. i put the deal under options so it gave me flexibility to be able to go and explore what i could and couldn't do with this block and um went to try and get two on the block council said no um, all I had to outline at this stage was $20,000. So I'd, I, um, I gave them a, an option fee of $20,000, um, which was secured and that gave them some flexibility. Um, and then I explored, I had time to get, then go and explore the different options. So I went and explored putting two on the back with council. They said no. And then, um, I, mod, I got another design done for one on the back. Council said yes. And so with an option, what you need to do is, uh, an option is, an intention to buy a block but not an obligation. So in order to be able to convert that option to uh, secure that land, it then has to be executed and become a purchase contract or you know a sale. So I spoke to the owner on the Monday and said, look, awesome, council have finally given us a go-ahead. Um, we can now execute the option and um, we'll do that on Wednesday. I'll give you the contract um, and I'll have I think $150,000 will be sent to you uh, within two weeks. And he was ecstatic. It was like a big weight off his shoulders to be able to, um, to be able to get that money and, and to be able to progress this, this whole project and, and opportunity. And anyway, that was Monday. On Thursday, I got a call from his wife and I remember I was in um, the big W aisle with three kids running around the toy aisle. It was absolute madness and she called me and said, "Oh, yeah, I saw that you'd spoken to my husband um, earlier in the week." I said, "Yeah, yeah, we've spoken about the your property. We, can, I've got one confirmed at the back. We're going to execute the option and move to a purchase contract, and and I'll, you know, I'll be handing over one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars in a couple of weeks." And she said, "Oh, well, I've got some really, really bad news. Um, my husband actually passed away um two days ago. He had a heart attack, and um, and I just remember, even just telling this story, still." brings a shiver to my spine because I, I just was completely uh, sad and I couldn't believe the conversation I was having with his wife because she then said to me, look, um, this, I, I, I feel like our conversations and the meetings we've had have happened for a reason. Um, I don't want to stay here anymore. It's got too many memories. Um, I just want to be able to move on from this property and go overseas and, and have to try and somehow piece my life together and, uh, even now, just how this amazing woman had the clarity of thought to be, even be able to make decisions like that at that point in time. She was so crystal clear about the next stage of her life, um, so soon after having such a tragic uh, tragedy happen in her life. And, and she said, look, could you please help me? And will you just take the whole block? And, um, and as per the conversations, we know the amount that we're all happy with, Um, Can you just take the block and and so I can move on? And and that's what ended up happening. That's how I ended up securing my first development deal. So I went from thinking it was going to be a single hammerhead block, a simple one-site, ended up turning to a five-site deal. And so um, we ended up executing it, going into contract, ended up buying this property. And at the time, I didn't have – um, a big chunk of money to be able to um, to be able to pay for this deal. I mean, I I got funding because it was a development deal, and that really changed the landscape about the the way this project was assessed. So, um, with banks at the time, uh, they assess a development deal differently to a I guess a land hold deal or an investment property deal. So. Um, we had to – I didn't have the equity. It's certainly, it's not a big bank account with cash to be able to pay the equity. But what we did have is our home and we had equity in our home. So in order to do our very first deal, we drew on the equity of our home to be able to, to fund that project. So we drew the equity on our home to be able to provide the equity for the deal. And then we um, had borrowings to provide the rest of the money. And that one deal, it ended up taking 12 months from the time we converted the option to a a sale contract or a purchase contract. And then after we went through the process, designed, built five homes, pre-sold them and cashed out, that one deal banked us $447,000 for our very, very first development deal. That then changed our landscape very, very quickly. So within... Now within 12 months, like within, so basically I was still working up until this development deal then converted and then the numbers started progressing and then I ended up leaving my job six months into that development deal knowing where the numbers were heading. And so within, within uh, 12 months, like 12 to 14 months of making the decision to actually do our first development, we had banked $447,000. It took the majority of our mortgage was wiped clean from that one deal. I was able to leave my job and become, do development as my main job, but stop my kids being in childcare. I then had full control over my time. I was doing something that I was loving and it really, our lives just changed so much from that very, very first moment. And, and then I think back, God, if I was waiting for, Buying 10 properties in 10 years and that slow burn and then selling, you know, hoping that our properties doubled in that time and then selling half to live off of you know, a small passive income that in reality wasn't still going to even be able to cover our living costs, um, let alone take a big chunk out of our, our mortgage. And by just changing our strategy, things just changed so, so quickly. And we didn't have lots of money. We weren't property magnates. We really just had to leverage what we had at the time, which was our equity and the bank's money. Um, and, and then that changed. We got rid of our mortgage, and then that just changed our finances very, very quickly. Um, we then, went, uh, while we were doing this deal, we found another deal, and we ended up getting some money partners involved, investors involved. And when we started opening our mind to that, that's when our business, property business just really hit the J curve and I started being able to do two, three, four projects. And this all happened within an 18-month period, two-year period, that things just changed so, so quickly. And I'm not going to say it was easy. I still had to work really, really hard. I had to overcome a lot of my own fears and insecurities and, and nervousness around going out there doing a deal. But I made sure that every step of the way that – the feasibility, the numbers made sense and that we were trying to manage our risk as quickly, as, as, as easy, as, as much as possible. And we did that by investing in ourselves, like investing in mentors and investing in people who uh, surrounding ourselves with people who had already done deals, successful deals beforehand and and, and learning and leveraging from them. I've got to say, if I was out there trying to do a deal like this without anybody supporting me, without being able to tap into a network without being able to learn from other people who've already done what I was wanting to do, there is no way that I would have achieved the result that I had. And so even though up until that time, I probably invested about oh, at the time, I think forty, fifty to $60,000 in my own education through various courses to bank $447,000 in such a short period of time. I mean, and that investment still keeps on paying itself off as my business is involved. So, the reason I share this story with you is, is just to hopefully make you realize that, no, I didn't have property experience. I, you should, you would laugh if you heard some of the ridiculous questions that I ask on site. I mean, even now, like I'm not a builder. I'm not a designer. Um, I'm not from finance. I, all the skills that, you know, the, the key skills that you, you leverage to do development. I had to go out and find those people and really leverage their skills. And so I'd go out and cite while I was building this first project and say, you know, what, what is an Eve and what's a, it took me a couple, a couple of projects to actually work, what a, work out what an Eve was and, uh, you know, uh, what a trust was and all these words within building, which I had no idea about, but it didn't matter because. The builder who's actually building the houses, they're the ones that need to understand that. I learnt as I went along and I still learn today, every single project I learn something new. But what I do is I surround myself with a team of people who know the answers to the things that I don't know. And and that's a really key part of this whole uh, property development journey and or property and wealth creation journey as well. So, um, I really hope that by sharing my story, you may or may not have heard it before, but I really hope that from sharing my story you, you get that i didn 't have property experience i didn 't um, have a lot of money to start out with, but what I did have was a burning need for change. I was sick and tired of living a life that wasn 't inspiring me. I was sick and tired of having a mortgage taking a massive buy out of my hard-earned money every single payday. I was sick and tired of not having control over my time to be able to, you know, experience and and, and enjoy the little moments. It's, it's the little moments that mean a lot with my family and, I just hope that that by sharing the story and, you know, if you've got a burning desire for change, if you've got, if you're sick of the way things are, if, if you want to be able to have control over your time and have the financial means to be able to have choice. Um, and having huge amounts of money is not a big aspiration for me, but having choice and control over my time is. And I've got to say, after trying so many other different wealth creation and so many other Property strategies. It wasn't until property development, small-scale property development, um, you know, that opened my mind that that things really started to change. So I hope that that uh, that my sharing my story um, inspires you to really have a think if it connects with you in any way. Um, you know, just be sure to reach out and uh, you know, with what I'm doing within the inner circle. Um, I, I almost keep hearing the same story and the same journey that I've been on, people who are paying off their mortgages and, and being able to leave their jobs and, and banking six-figure profits and seeing the difference that makes in their lives is what really inspires me now, to be honest. So um, it gives me so much joy to be able to help others overcome, or to be able to realise the change that they're looking for by leveraging property development and, and be able to help others Achieve that it's really what um, keeps me motivated and inspired and, and makes me bounce out of bed every single day. So um, anyway, I hope you found this session, this podcast useful. Um, I'd love to get some feedback. Feel free to share this with anybody that you think may benefit. And um, if you, if any of my story connects with you and, and you want to explore more about whether property development is even something that you want to consider, then you know to reach out to me. Um, certainly you can go to my website, uh, um or just respond to any of my messages. I get to see them all, or my emails if you see the if you're in my uh, database. And, um, yeah, I'd love to continue the conversation. So um, bye for now, and I hope we connect uh, in the near future. Thank you so much for listening. This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. This podcast was produced by the Rising Star developer. We've been helping Australians realise their financial and lifestyle goals since 2020. And we play a pivotal role in educating, supporting and celebrating the goals and successes of our students. To find out how we can help you realise your property, wealth and lifestyle goals, head to our website, www.risingstardeveloper.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Building Lifestyles, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review as it really helps others find the show. I'm Amanda McEwen and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you build your lifestyle.